have been fortunate, blessed to have some amazing opportunities happen in my life, whether it be career, family, friends, you know, whatever. Done a lot of cool, amazing things in life. But I don't know if I've had one as full circle, satisfying, fun, and inspirational as I did October 3rd on a Tuesday. I spoke to eighth graders at Northbrook School in Mendota about how to speak to people, an interviewing process, having confidence in yourself, and using references, resources, and technology to do all that. It was really cool being able to give back, talk to kids about things that I've learned along the way. I mean, I roamed those same halls as a kid. Actually, I'll uh, tell a true story here. I was actually kicked out of Northbrook for fighting numerous times. I think I got into three, four fights, so they put up with me for a little bit. And then they kicked me out. I had to go to an alternative school in Streeter just to get my eighth grade graduation my eighth grade diploma, so I could go to high school and then eventually graduate. Then I go to college and I go to National Guard and I've been doing all these cool things, trying to be, you know, a positive human being and do things positively, correctly, instead of getting in trouble and doing things how I thought it was cool to do as a a young Brandon. But no more of that. We have strayed away and it was so cool just to be in those same halls talking to kids about doing something positive. And it was Mrs. Lovegren, rest in peace, Mrs. Lovegren. It was her room, which is now Sarah Jahans. Super cool teacher, really awesome individual. And I'm glad that the kids at Northbrook have her to teach them. She is super cool. And the kids were awesome asking me questions, you know, trying to understand what I was saying. And it was, it was a cool vibe in the entire classroom. It was an honor to be in the room and to be a speaker. I know I keep saying that, but it was just so awesome. And I was glad that I could do that. And I hope I helped them with their interviews. Today, they gave interviews or performed interviews today as part of the Reimagine Mendota Community Heart and Soul Project. They were talking to the older crowd, seniors, about things that they wanted to see in Mendota and you know, getting their stories and and interviewing them for the process, I guess, of the program. Volunteers from all over the place in Mendota have come out the woodwork to help Heart and Soul reimagine Mendota and help this community. So to have the younger generation, you know, want to do it and to be able to, you know, learn and try to talk to the older generations and get some feedback, you know, it's cool to be a part of. I already said my name once. I just said Brandon, though. The full name is Brandon Lachance. I am the host of Edge of Your Seat Podcast. You can catch the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and the website, www.rss.com backslash podcast. That's with an S. It's plural. Backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Social media, you know we're there. Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast, and Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P. If you'd like to reach out on the personals, my personal Facebook is Brandon LaChance. Looks like L-A Chance with the capital C. And then on Twitter, it's at LaChance Writer. On all the sites, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you see Edge of Receipt Podcast, please like, follow, share, comment, five star, a million stars. 
all of those things that you can do. Please do help us out, move us up some rankings, and help us do what we're trying to do, and that is to put a spotlight on Northern and Central Illinois and all the awesomeness that is here. If you have any questions, suggestions, would like to be a guest, know somebody that would be a good guest, like or dislike something I or a guest said, or you'd like to sponsor with Edge of Your Seat Podcast, please send an email to edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, always much love to Brian Cavelli, Cavelli Productions, for the creation of the intro and outro beat to each and every show of Edge of Your Seat Podcast, which is brought to you by First State Bank. 19 locations in Northern and Central Illinois. First State Bank does a great job because they have great people and the policies of banking procedures are top-notch. I've been involved with the bank since 2011, have all kinds of financial things going on there, and I've never once been let down or want to leave to go to a different bank. If you want that same kind of experience, contact your local First State Bank branch. So I guess I've been told that this is a milestone. This is episode 300. Started Edge of Your Seat podcast October 21st of 2019. Almost a four-year birthday coming up in just a few days or a couple weeks. But here we are, trying to push out as many awesome interviews with awesome people that you may know. Might be your neighbor. You might have seen them walking down the street. May have seen them in the classroom. Who knows? That's the best thing or the great thing about Edge of Your Seat podcast. And we go all over the place. So... Hopefully you enjoy the show. Hopefully you keep listening. Hopefully you've been listening and know all about Edge of Your Seat Podcast. This show is three deep. Three guests on the 300th episode. First up is Jalen Hughes. He's a Freeport High School grad, went to Kishwaukee College, and he is now a content creator, a motivational writer, and an owner, the owner of Juicy Visuals, a company that helps clients marketing, properly showcasing the individuals and businesses that they're representing. He does a great job, everything he does. I met him at something that I did a show for, Edge of Your Seat Podcast Show, when a friend of the pod, Illboy, had an album release party. Jalen Hughes was there, he was doing his thing, I was doing my thing for the podcast, and we got to talk a little bit. Seemed really cool. Then he reached out again and said, hey, I'd love to be on the pod. And I said, hey, I'd love to have you on the pod. So here he is. A little bit different than sports, but don't worry. We got sports too. As Scott Payne, the Amboy Lamoille, Ohio football coach, talks about the week six win against Milledgeville, 32-20. And then the game tonight. It is Friday, October 6th. The Clippers play Ashton Franklin Center. At 7 p.m. So, you know he's all hyped up, ready, ready for the Clippers to stay undefeated. Because right now, they're 6-0. They're locked into the playoffs. They got the number two spot at the moment in eight-man football. But of course, of course, you know he wants to stay that way. But we couldn't just talk to one Clipper. We have a second as senior running back Landon Welchel. He joins us. The star running back rushed for 231 yards and three touchdowns against Millersville. Yeah, he does some good things. Some big things. Hopefully this is the way we should rock episode 300. 
We got non-sports. We got sports. Of course, we got win-lose stat from September 29th to October 3rd, last week's football, and the boys and girls golf sectionals that happened Monday, October 2nd. Plus, we got a two-topic mix and match. Couldn't leave it out. I couldn't wait. Had to have it in. We'll be right back with win-lose stat right after some words from First State Bank. Have you heard the news? First State Bank is the first to offer Quillo. Quillo is an online personal loan officer that allows you to apply for a loan in just minutes. Need to replenish your checking account? Pay off a high interest credit card? Or take that vacation you have always wanted? Check out Quillo on the First State Bank website using your phone, tablet, or PC. It won't impact your credit score to apply. There are no fees, no penalties, and payments you can afford. You'll need a First State Bank checking account, but have no worries. You can apply for one of those online also. Check out FSB's premier account that pays higher interest for doing a few routine activities. Go to firststatebank.biz today to see how you can get a Quilla loan with a new or existing checking account. First State Bank is member FDIC and equal housing lender. Win, lose, stat. We're going to kick it off Friday, September 29th with, of course, football. This was week six. Today starts week seven. As, like I said, it's Thursday, October 6th. Time's a flying. We're already six days in October. Feels like we just got here. Woof. And football's already in week seven. Man, wait all year for this special time for high school football, and it flies by so fast. So, let's go over win-lose stat and enjoy it as much as we can. So, week six, number nine in 4A, Dixon defeated Winnebago 62-12. The hubs of Dixon are now 6-0 on the season, still undefeated. Fieldcrest lost to Gibson City Melvin Sibley 40-14. Fieldcrest is now 2-4. Number one ranked in 3A, Byron is still undefeated at 6-0 after it beat Genoa Kingston 52-12. Genoa Kingston is 3-3. Number 9-1A, Anna Juan Weathersfield is 5-1 after defeating Havana 42-0 in a shutout. Hall beats IVC 32-24. That's the game that I had the call last week as I am the Hall Putnam County Red Devil play-by-play guy for the Wolf 96-5 all season long. Hall was down 16 to nothing and came back for the victory. They are now 3 and 3 on the season. 3 games left against 3 ranked opponents in 1A, 2A and 3A respectively. So each week it goes up a class and a rank. So A ranked team in 1A, a ranked team in 2A, and a ranked team in 3A for the last three games for the Red Devils. See what they can do there. Plano moves to 3-3 after a 19-0 win over Johnsburg. There was a huge matchup in the Three Rivers Conference Mississippi Division as Princeton and Kiwani locked up. Both were 5-1. Princeton is ranked number 2 in 3A. Kiwani not ranked, but... They're both 5-1 now, but going into the game, Kiwani was 5-0, Princeton 4-1. Princeton gets the 37-14 win, and now we're landlocked at the top of the conference 
as Princeton and Kiwani are both 5-1. LaSalle Peru fell to Woodstock 17-14. LP is now 3-3. Streeter 54, Lyle 21. The Bulldogs of Streeter are now 2-4. In 8-man, the number 2 ranked Amboy Lamoille Ohio Clippers beat Milledgeville 32-20. The Clippers, like I said earlier, are still undefeated at 6-0. Landon Welchel had that 231 yards and three touchdowns on 16 carries. Quinn Leffelman was huge as well. Eight carries for 55 yards. Also had 42 receiving yards and he had a sack on defense. Brennan Blaine was a monster as usual. Three carries for 66 yards. A 24-yard reception. He had a touchdown as a receiver. Defensively, two sacks, 15 tackles, eight were solo, and he forced a fumble. Eddie Jones, the quarterback, was 3 of 10 with 76 yards and a touchdown. And Troy Anderson, a defensive back and a wide receiver, had an interception as well as Cody Wynn grabbed, snagged an interception. Lots of different players doing lots of awesome things for the Clippers this season. Number two in 4A, Morris won 35-7 over Richmond Burton, which was number seven in 4A. So Morris taking out another ranked opponent, the Redskins still 6-0. Number seven in 1A, Newman beat Burl Valley 20-14. Newman is 5-1, Burl Valley 3-3. Rock Falls fell to 1-5 as they were short against North Boone 33-14. Ottawa moves up to 3-3 three three on the season with a 28-27 victory over Woodstock North. Ottawa wasn't the only team to win in Ottawa as Ottawa Marquette won 36-26 over Ridgewood. Marquette is now 5-1. Back to eight-man football. Polo is now 5-1 after a 64-0 shutout against Decatur Unity Christian. For Polo, Brock Salto went off again. He had a passing touchdown, a rushing touchdown, and a receiving touchdown. This is not the first game of the season that he's done this. He had 124 rushing yards, 32 receiving yards, and 48 passing yards. A total of 204 yards for the senior Brock Salto. He is a monster. El Paso Gridley 47, Ridgeview Lexington 18. The win moves El Paso Gridley to 4-2. Rochelle moved to 4-2 with a 47-0 win against Marengo. Sandwich is now 5-1 after beating Harvard 27-0. If you did not know, 5 wins makes you playoff eligible. 6 wins is an automatic playoff berth. Number 4 in 2A, Seneca got a forfeit win over Walter Christian. Seneca is now 6-0. Still undefeated. Sterling 13, Geneseo 3 in a battle of Western Big 6 opponents. Sterling is now 3-3 and Geneseo 5-1. Oregon with a 28-7 victory over Stillman Valley evens out the records. Oregon is now 3-3. Stillman Valley is now 3-3. For Oregon, Logan Weems had three rushing touchdowns as he had 29 carries for 112 yards. Number 2-5A, Sycamore sneaked past Caneland. Their rivalry in the Interstate 8, Sycamore 22, Caneland 21. 
Sycamore now 6-0, Caneland 3-3. The Spartans won the game by scoring a touchdown with only 53 seconds left on the clock. DeKalb lost to Wabonzi Valley 42-27. DeKalb is now 2-4. Yorkville beat Manuka 17-13 to move Yorkville to 3-3 on the season. Saturday's games, there was three that were not played on Friday. They were played on Saturday, including St. Bede's homecoming game, where they are now 4-2 after defeating Elmwood Park 49-26. Mendota got its first win of the season, 35-14 over Riverdale. The Trojans are now 1-5. Eight-man football, AFC Ashton Franklin Center lost to River Ridge 54-8 to make AFC 1-5. The polls heading into week seven, like I said, starts today. In 1A, Lena Winslow is the top-ranked team, 6-0 record, received 140 votes, 14 first votes. So they locked them all in, and they were also number one last week. Newman, number seven, 5-1 record, 41 votes. They were also number seven last week. Anawan Weathersfield moved up one to number nine. They were number 10 last week. 5-1 5-1 record, they received 19 votes. In 2A, Mariah Forsyth, 6-0, 130 votes, all the first place votes. They had 13 in Class 2A. They were also number one last week. Seneca dropped one, probably because of the forfeit win while the other teams were playing. You get a forfeit win, not as cool as defeating an opponent on the field. Seneca still 6-0, 91 votes. They were number three last week. For this week, Class 3A, Byron remains a top 3A, 6-0 record, 130 votes, all 13 first place votes. Princeton went from number three to number two. They're 5-1, had 102 votes. In 4A, Rochester's number one, 6-0 record, 128 votes with 11 first place votes. They were also number one last week. Morris went from 3 to 2. They're 6 and 0, the 117 votes and two first place votes. So Morris trying to inch into that number 1 top spot in 4A. Dixon's number 9 with a 6 and 0 record and 22 votes. They were not ranked last week, but they did receive votes. Receiving votes this week in 4A is Geneseo. 5A, Prairie Ridge is number 1, 6 and 0 record, 129 votes. 12 first place votes. They were number one last week. Sycamore remains at number two, 6 0 record, 118 votes, and they received one first place vote. In 6A, East St. Louis is the top dog with a 4 2 record. You don't see that very often. They received 127 votes, 10 first place votes. 7A, Chicago Mount Carmel, 6 0, 130 votes. All 13 top first place votes. And in 8A, Loyola, 6-0, 128 votes, 11 first place votes. I think one team got two that wasn't Loyola. Loyola, Chicago Mount Carmel, East St. Louis, and Prairie Ridge were all locked in as number one last week as well. Let's get back to other sports. On Friday, we had some boys soccer as Irville defeated Yorkville Christian 5 to 1. For Irville, Ryan Browder had a goal. Griffin Cook had one goal and three assists. Trenton Fruit had two goals. 
Carlos Gonzalez had a goal, and Easton Fruit had an assist. Going to Saturday, September 30th, boys soccer, Sterling 3, Winnebago 2. For Sterling, Daniel Bermudez had three goals, the hat trick. Plano defeated Hinkley Big Rock 7-2-0, as Plano is now 11-6, 3-4 in the Interstate 8. The goals for Plano were from Devon Stamps, he had three, and Chris Kaliba had four. Seven goals between two guys. The assists, Santiago Cervantes had two. Henry Tejillo had one. Jacob Bustas had one. Ulysses Acostas had one. Stamps had one. And Kaliba had one as well. Cross country, the Peoria Invitational at Detweiler Park, which that is where state is as well. So if you're going to this, you're getting used to the state cross country course. For the girls race, they had a 1A, 2A race and a 3A race. We didn't have any teams in 3A, so we're just going to focus on 1A, 2A. For the girls, Glenwood won with a 110. Sterling was 12th with a 373. Sandwich was 20th with a 597. And Princeton was 33rd with an 898. The winner of the race was Kate Foltz from Tuscola. She had a 16 minute 37.4 run time. That is not too shabby. I know I could not do that. Boys, 1A, 2A. Tuscola won the boys race with an 89. Sterling was 12th with a 404. Sandwich, 36 with a 1035. And Princeton was 42nd with a 1277. Dylan Naley from Marion won the race with 14 minutes, 17.20. And Dale Johnson from Sterling was second, 14 minutes, 42.6 seconds. Volleyball. Newman finished 3-1-1 one, one at the Sterling Invite to take fifth place. The Lady Comets are now 18-3-1 on the season. They split with Pecatonica 25-18, 19-25. They beat Burrow Valley 25-19, 25-20. Lost to Rochelle 19-25, 22-25. Beat Forreston 25-17, 25-17. And defeated Dixon 26-24, 25-12. For the Lady Comets, Jess Johns, 42 kills, 5 assists, 3 assists, 1 block, and 36 digs. Kennedy Rousey, 35 kills, 7 blocks, and 2 digs. Plano was 1-4 at the Richmond Burton Tourney. They lost to Antioch, 25-20, 25-8. Lost to Waukegan, 25-17, 25-21. Lost to Burlington Central, 25-10, 25-11, fell to Boylan, 25-16, 25-13, but got the victory over Zeon Benton, 25-12, 25-16. Moving to the swimming pool, girls swimming and diving, the United Township Invitational. Sterling won it all with a 374, and Geneseo finished sixth with an 82. The 100 medley relay, Sterling won, Madison Austin, Peyton Purdy, Sammy Knox, and Hazel Thom with a 58.85. The 100 intermediate was Madison Austin with a 1 minute 4.32 seconds. The 50 meter butterfly, Thom won with a 29.30. 100 freestyle was Purdy with a 58.87. The 250 freestyle was Knox with a 2 minute 45.75 second swim. The 50 backstroke, Madison Austin with a 29.58. And Sterling won the 200 freestyle relay, 
Kate Austin, Chloe Clark, Emma Van Horn, and Hazel Pham with a 1 minute 50.88 second swim. Now we move on to Monday, October 2nd, and we had golf sectionals boys and girls to see who got to the state tournament, which also began today, October 6th, but will conclude tomorrow, October 7th. For the boys, Class 1A Sherrard sectional, Rockford Lutheran won with a 315. Roanoke Benson tied for 5th with a 343. El Paso Gridley was 7th with a 345. And Burrow Valley tied for 8th with a 351. Advancing as individuals, Burrow Valley's Wyatt Novotny had a 79. Newman's Logan Palmer had an 80. Marquette's Carson Zellers had an 80. And Roanoke Benson's Jack Lehman also had an 80. So four advancers, two state, and one A. Moving to 2A, the Freeport sectional. Carmel won it with a 312. Byron was second with a 315. Ottawa tied for third with a 322. Caneland was sixth with a 326. Dixon took eighth with a 332. Geneseo with a 335 was 10th. And Sycamore's 344 earned them 12th. Byron advancers, the whole team, but this is who helped them. Aaron Lorenz, the senior, had a 75. Senior Mason Brandt had a 77. Junior Davis Barker had an 81. Junior Cooper Mershon had an 82. Sophomore Kaysen Newton had an 87. And senior Ryan Tucker an 88. Also advancing out of the Freeport sectional in 2A as individuals. Ottawa senior Drake Kaufman shot a 72. Hayden Moore of Geneseo shot a 74. Mason Hubbard from Sterling shot a 76. And Wesley Hollis from Caneland also shot a 76. In the Class 2A Peoria Richwood sectional, Muhammad Seymour won it with a 301. Morris tied for 7th with a 325. However, the Redskins couldn't have everybody stay home as Liam Eber shot a 74 and is headed to state. Or is playing in state right now. So we had four advancers as individuals in 1A. In 2A, we have five individuals and one team as Byron had everybody go. But there's one more because in the Class 3A Plainfield North sectional, Hinsdale Central might have won the title with 286, but Yorkville senior Justin Goble shot a 73 to advance to the 3A State Golf Tournament. Whew! That is not easy to do. Congratulations to the guys. They will play at Prairie Vista at Bloomington today and tomorrow for the state tournament. Girls, they played in the sectionals to earn state final advancement to today and tomorrow at Red Tail Run Golf Course in Decatur. So at the sectionals on October 2nd to get to the state finals that start today. Wanted to re-say that just to make sure my days and all that stuff didn't get confused to you. Sectionals for boys and girls were October 2nd. State finals October 6th and October 7th. And it is October 6th right now as we are talking about this. So girls sectional 1A Eastland sectional. Nazareth Academy won with a 342. Byron was 4th with a 380. Dixon was 5th with a 383. And Genoa Kingston with a 427 was 12th. Three individuals advanced to state as Katie Drew from Dixon, the senior, shot a 78. 
Amelia Dunseth, a junior at Stillman Valley, shot a 79. And Aaliyah Lauer, a senior at Genoa Kingston, shot an 88. All three going to state. The 1A Pontiac sectional. Peoria Notre Dame won it with a 338. Seneca took six with a 391. Roanoke Benson's 418 gave them eighth. And El Paso Gridley was ninth with a 419. Three more individuals not on an advancing team advanced to state. Eddie Heineke, senior from Roanoke Benson, shot an 87. Piper Stenzel, a Seneca freshman, shot a 91. And Sophia Hall, a junior at El Paso Gridley, shot a 92. There were no 2A state advancers. So we got 6-1A with the girls. With the boys, we got 4-1A, one team and five individuals in 2A, and one individual in 3A that are all playing at state, trying to get a medal, trying to win, doing all that awesome stuff on the golf course. Congratulations to each and every one of you, even the ones that made it to sectional, that performed well at regional, didn't get to sectional, any level that you got this year. Golfing is not easy. I try myself and each and every one of you could defeat me. I'm not even kidding. I'm sure all of you could beat me. So I get it. I know it's tough. You guys are awesome. You put in the work. Give yourselves a pat on the back for a great season. Remaining on Monday, boys soccer, Earlville defeated Depew Hall 1-2-0. Trenton Fruit had a goal and Easton Fruit had the assist. Plano fell to Woodstock North 2-1. Plano's one goal came from Henry Trujillo. Byron defeated Sandwich 3-1. On the volleyball court, Plano fell to Marengo 25-16, 25-17. Indian Creek beat Depew 25-7, 25-8. Indian Creek's Allie Peterson had five kills. Ottawa beat Mendota 25-18, 25-9. Girls Tennis Dixon defeated United Township 5-2-0. For Dixon in the singles, Grace Ferguson won number one singles and Addison Arges won number two singles. In doubles, Leah Stees and Ariel Tefaku won. Number two doubles was Rachel Lance and Brooklyn Arges. And victorious at three doubles was Sienna Cameron and Lily Herrera. Tuesday, October 3rd. This is going to be the last day we'll pick up on Wednesday, October 4th. And our next show, which will probably be tomorrow afternoon, either before or after the Hall-Putnam County Red Devil football game. Love football. Love doing podcasts. Why not make just a great day, a great Saturday of doing both? So Tuesday, October 3rd, girls swimming and diving. Sterling just edges Byron in a duel. 97 to 86. The 200 medley relay, Byron won it. It's Abby Kruger, Riley Vatch, Maddie Groherring, and Natalie Kilmer swam two minutes, 1.69 seconds. The 200 freestyle, Kate Austin from Sterling, two minutes, 12.97 seconds. 200 intermediate was Groherring from Byron, two minutes, 21.20 seconds. The 50 meter freestyle, Madison Austin from Sterling, 25.40. In the one-meter dive, Addison Bossman from Byron, 251.05. The 100 butterfly, we said this name before, Grow Herring from Byron, 1 minute, 2.20 seconds. 100 freestyle, Peyton Purdy from Sterling, 59.36. 500 freestyle from Sterling, Sammy Knox, 5 minutes, 55.46 seconds.
200 freestyle relay was Sterling, Hazel Fahm, Purdy, Kate, and Madison Austin. One minute, 47.29 seconds. 100 backstroke, Madison Austin from Sterling. One minute, 4.61 seconds. 200 breaststroke was Vatch from Byron. One minute, 17.23 seconds. And finally, the 400 freestyle relay, Sterling won. Kate Austin, Knox, Emma Van Horn, and Madison Austin. Four minutes, 2.98 seconds. Also in the pool, just not the same pool, in a triangular of some sorts. LaSalle Pru beat Morris 146 to 129. LaSalle Pru then defeated Bloomington Central Catholic 136 to 121. And Morris knocked off Bloomington Central Catholic 146 to 126. In the swimming pool, it is a co-op. LaSalle Pru, Ottawa Streeter, FYI. Going to the volleyball court, Geneseo beat United Township 25-17, 25-18. Geneseo is now 12-11, 7-3 in the Western Big Six. For Geneseo, Alyssa Perez, three aces, 21 assists, 14 digs. Newman is now 19-3-1 overall, 8-0 in the Three Rivers Conference East Division after it beat Mendota 25-20, 25 20. For Newman, Jess Johns, 10 kills, 1 ace, 9 digs. Byron beat Dixon. St. B defeated Kiwani, 16-25, 25-23, 25-16. Kingston beat Stillman Valley, 25-20, 25-4. Ottawa beat Caneland, 27-25, 25-21. Sterling defeated Rock Island, 27-25, 25-21. Sterling is now 15-7-1, 7-3 Western Big Six. Moving to the pitch, the soccer field. Irville beat Hinkley Big Rock 3-2. In another soccer match, Ottawa defeated Princeton 3-2-0. Genoa Kingston lost to Westminster Christian 4-1. Going to the tennis court, Sterling beat Alleman 6-3. Dixon defeated Rock Island 6-3. Dixon is now 20-3 in duels. That is highly impressive. Moving to junior college, Kishwaukee College. Men's soccer, Kish, defeated Governor State University 3-2-1. On the volleyball court, Kish fell to Blackhawk in three sets. That is win-lose stat. Always thankful for everything that these kids, these young athletes can do. All these sports, volleyball, soccer, swimming, golf cross-country. It's not easy. And it's not easy being awesome either. It just isn't. It just isn't. Surf Internet's fast fiber internet is more reliable and 25 times faster than cable. Unlike other local providers, we're proud to provide transparent all-in pricing that includes equipment fees and taxes. With speed packages starting at $35 a month, you'll get a free modem, free expert installation, and free whole home Wi-Fi on most plans. Plus, no contracts and no data caps at a price that's locked in for life. Go to surfinternet.com to learn more or call 844-955-SURF for details. That's 844-955-SURF. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. Mix and match. Two little items here. First, this isn't Little at all. This is huge. Dick Buckus 
Rest in peace. Chicago Bears legend. He was born December 9th, 1942. Passed away October 5th, 2023. He went to Chicago Vocational High School. He went to University of Illinois. Played football there from 1962 to 1964. And he was a member of two drafts. In the NFL, he was drafted in 1965 in the first round with a third pick by the Chicago Bears. He was also drafted in the AFL 1965, the second round with the ninth pick. He obviously stuck with the Bears, and that's where he played from 1965 to 1973. He was a two-time Defensive Player of the Year in 1969 and 1970. He was a five-time first-team All-Pro member a three-time second-team All-Pro member to make him an eight-time All-Pro member in eight years of playing. Never missed the Pro Bowl. He was a member of the NFL's 1960s and 1970s All-Decade teams. That's never going to change. He remains a vocal point of both of those teams and the NFL's 75th anniversary team in the NFL's 100th anniversary team. He's never fallen out of those either. He's in the Hall of Fame where he deserves to be. He may have. He passed away yesterday before the Bears game. The Bears are playing the Washington Commanders. He passes away and they get their first win of the season and they snap a 14-game losing streak in honor of Dick Buckus. They didn't say that. I'm saying it for them. Maybe they did in a post game that I didn't watch or listen to, but I'm going to say they did it for him. Rest in peace, Dick Buckus. mean a lot to Chicago Bears fans all over the country. Thank you for everything that you were, that you are. Much love, much appreciation. Rest in peace. Major League Baseball, the wild card matchups wrapped up in two games. Not a single, single series went more than two games. It's a three-game elimination, and everybody's like, nah, We'll make it quick. We'll make it quick. We'll do it in two. The last set, so game two of all four of these series happened Wednesday, October 4th, and they will begin playing the rest of the playoffs on Saturday, starting tomorrow, which is the 7th. So for wild card matchups, the game twos, Texas, Texas Rangers knocked out the Tampa Bay Rays 7-1. Also in the AL, Minnesota Twins defeated the Toronto Blue Jays 2-0. In the National League, Arizona knocked out Milwaukee Brewers 5-2, and the Philadelphia Phillies beat the Miami Marlins 7-1. This sets up these matchups that are going to start Saturday, October 7th. I just said that, but why not say it again? Texas at Baltimore, Minnesota at Houston for AL matchups, Philadelphia at Atlanta, and Arizona at Los Angeles Dodgers. I usually don't do this, but I'm doing it this time. I'm going chalk. I'm picking Baltimore to beat Texas. I'm picking Houston to beat Minnesota. I'm picking Atlanta to beat Philadelphia and the Los Angeles Dodgers to beat Arizona. They're the best teams, and there's a reason that they're the best teams. I think Atlanta's going to knock out the Dodgers just because I'm sick of the Dodgers being good, and I've kind of always had a soft spot for the Atlanta Braves. And I want Baltimore to knock out Houston, who doesn't hate Houston and wants them to win. Nobody wants them to win. Everybody hates them. Baltimore, such a feel-good story. Three years ago, they lost over 100 games. Fast forward three years, they win over 100 games, 
and they're in the playoffs, number one seed in the American League, and they look like they could win a World Series. So that's what I'm going, and I'd love to see Baltimore knock out Atlanta in the World Series, but if Atlanta won, I wouldn't be mad either. Honestly, when Chicago gets knocked out, I don't have a fan, fan favorite. It's kind of just the best storyline, things of that nature. The Orioles storyline going into this postseason is awesome. Let's go Baltimore. Thank you. We're going to wrap the intro right there. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for checking out Edge of Your Seat Podcast. Always appreciate it. I hope your high school football Friday is awesome. Your college football Saturday and your NFL football Sunday and everything else that you do over the weekend. If you're not into sports, you want to do something else, you want to go to a movie, you're going to take a walk even if it's cold or raining. Whatever it is you do, enjoy it to the fullest. Enjoy your weekend, the rest of Friday, Saturday, Sunday, everything that is awesome. You should do it. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, peace. The interviews you are about to hear with Jalen Hughes, Scott Payne, and Landon Welchel are brought to you by Mendota Ford. Mendota Ford is a community dealership that is dedicated to being community first. A small dealership in a smaller town. Associates Jason Hintz and Caitlin Henry pride themselves in being here for you. They don't want to sell you one vehicle. They want to form a bond, a relationship to get you every vehicle you want in cars, trucks, and SUVs for your friends and family. Jason Hintz has been with Mendota Ford for eight years, giving him the experience needed to help customers in every way possible. Caitlin Henry joined the team in July and is excited to help you find your dream vehicle. You can purchase any vehicle off any lot in the Mendota Ford family. Jason and Caitlin will make sure they track it down and hand you the keys with a little jingle jangle. To check out the many options on the lot, Mendota Ford is located just south of Mendota on Highway 251. To look ahead or find a vehicle on another lot, check out www.MendotaFord.com. Call 815-539-9314 for all vehicle inquiries with Mendota Ford. And when you do, don't forget to mention where you heard about Mendota Ford as the dealership has a refer a friend or family member program. If you buy a vehicle, the person or podcast who referred you would receive $100. It's a rainy day in September, but you know Edge of Your Seat Podcast likes to try to keep it sunny no matter where we're at with great conversations. We got one right now with my friend, met him at Ill Boy's album release party. We were just talking before I hit the record button, and it's almost been about two years. I thought it was a year, probably going close on two since we've seen each other talked. Now we're going to have him on the podcast. Jalen Hughes, how are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. No problem. I mean, a lot's gone on in uh, two years. I know you've always been involved in a lot of stuff. You reached out and was like, hey, man, we still haven't talked. I was like, yeah, we got to do that. But first, before we jump into all the coolness we got, I was eating breakfast today. I had a hard-boiled egg. And I'm like, the next guest on my show is going to have to answer, what is your best way to make eggs? Uh, hard-boiled egg or, or just eggs in general? Eggs in general. Are you like I'm scrambled? I'm a scrambled guy. I'm a scrambled guy. I don't really like yolk. So if I'm going to fry it, I got to fry it hard and make sure the yolk's like, you know, stirred in there. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. I remember uh, I was on a health kick in college and I don't know why, but the dude that I was like working out with all the time, he 
always ate the yolk but did not eat the white part. So I did that for a while and I'm like, I don't know if I like this either. But I'll eat them both together, but not separately. Me too. Good stuff. Now that we got the weird question out the way, but I'm always curious, you know, eggs you can make about 3,000 different ways, so I'm always curious. I didn't know that, but that's honestly pretty awesome in, in itself. <laughs> For sure. Well, Jalen, you reached out. You know, I do a lot of stuff around this area, different, you know, schools, sports like that, and I've been keying in on Kishwaukee College quite often. And you reached out and said, hey, I used to go there. So I was interested automatically. When did you go to Kish? So I uh, graduated in 2018, and I attended from 2015. Oh, I, I started going there in 2015. Okay, and what high school did you come from? So I come from Freeport High School, Freeport Senior High School in Freeport, Illinois. Graduate class of 2014. Shout out to the press. Believe it or not, my mom actually lives in Freeport, so I'm up there often. Yeah, there's a lot going on, but I definitely am trying to bring some things more to my city, especially some media. I thought, I think one of the biggest things living there was it was hard for me to really kind of get out there and to market in, in such a smaller market. So it, it's really nice and fulfilling to kind of be full circle, bring media to my city. Definitely, definitely. Well, let's go full circle right now so you went to freeport then to kish did you play sports yes so i uh i was a three-sport athlete in high school basketball baseball and then i did football for a year and then i did soccer for a year as well went on to go play baseball at kishwaukee uh where i played two years from 2015 to 2017 where we were the uh, 2016 arrowhead conference champion first time the school has won in since my coach that coached me, which is shout out to coach Josh Bethal, doing his thing at in NIU right now, when he played in 96. So, what, 20-some years later, we, we make history. That's pretty awesome. Did you have a good time at Kish? I've always enjoyed it there, but I wasn't a student there. How was it going to Kish? It's fun. It's definitely a homey environment. So I originally went to Illinois State, before to play down there and it just didn't work out and so the reason i ended up getting into kish is one of my old teammates from high school uh shout out to cody cookie he was playing there and he's like hey man come come check it out you know the coach has seen you play because we did tournaments there uh in high school so come check it out see see if it's for you talked to coach he invited me out i became a walk-on you know so uh, that was definitely a journey in itself. We had a very packed team the first year. I mean, we got 20-some guys from Miami, Florida. You know, we got D1 transfers coming in, and I'm fighting for a spot. Little guy from Freeport. And I ended up being a, a starter about, since about the half end of the year. Just made my mark, you know? Good stuff. I don't think people understand the uh, level of baseball that JUCO or a school the size level of Kishwaukee College is, I mean, it's no joke. That's real baseball. It really is, and people don't understand there's levels to JUCO as well. You know, we're, we're a D1, the top level of JUCO, and, you know, we're facing some good people, you know. There's a lot of talent that comes out of these rings. A lot of times you just get people who just aren't good students. So they're not that D1 material, or, you know, they didn't want to – trust the process which was part of my problem i didn't want to trust the process i was used to playing i'm used to being a star put me on the field now right and so i had to learn 
and I had to figure out what was going to be the best spot for me. And the thing I definitely want kids coming out of high school to know is, like, there's competition at each level. It's not really about where you're at level-wise. It's about where you are personally and potentially your level and your skill level. Because you can go anywhere now with the market. You just have to push yourself out there, and you have to be good enough. No doubt, no doubt. And it sounds like you're good enough for Kish, which is, you know, that's quite incredible. I know everybody... They're in high school. Hey, I want to play college ball. I want to play college ball. It's not that easy to get in, especially JUCOs. I know it seems like, hey, that's the first step. But you still got to be a certain level of player to get into a JUCO. Definitely. What did you go to school for while you were there playing baseball? I got my associate in biology. And then I went on after that to get my uh, bachelor's at Columbia College, which where I'm a uh, second-generation alumni in uh, healthcare management. Okay. Are you doing anything with those degrees? Currently, no. I get into master school next fall. Right now, I just took a year off to really focus on myself, build my business up, and, um, you know, gain the type of money I need to pay for school. Good stuff. And I didn't mean to put you on the spot because I already know what you do. So I was just kind of interested you know, a lot of people go to school for a passion or something that they're really good in. And then when it comes career path and, you know, what makes money and what, you know, gives you your livelihood, is it necessarily what you went to school for? Very true. Crazy how life works sometimes. Yeah, and you never know where you're going to end up. But I, I thank God where he has pushed me. And uh, I definitely wouldn't be here without his guidance. And so we just keep pushing. No doubt. And you said, hey, I've been focusing on my business. Uh, to start off, you said, hey, you know, I was trying to bring media to Freeport, do that kind of thing. So what are you doing now? What is your career path? What's the business you're working on? So my business is digital content creation and basically anything when it comes to your creating, building, and scaling your online image, videography, photography, digital products like menus, all that type of stuff is what I do. And... I'm also an author of a book trilogy on personal growth and development and where I want to position that as a foundation to not only help people out in their lives, but to really start hopefully coaching people to be the best version of themselves. Okay, what's the name of the book series? It's just a book, a book series on personal growth and development. My first book is on, self -conf or I'm sorry, is on self-awareness, and it's called Being One with the One Who Matters, which is obviously you. And the uh, second one is The Power in Being Present, which is a book on self-confidence. And the third is going to be The Power in Why, which is helping you understand to use the right questions and to position yourself to get the knowledge you need and to move forward in whatever you're trying to do in your life. So it's definitely a jam-packed series. They're very short reads. I think my, I think my first book is the longest, and it's 100, maybe like 150 pages. You know, there's there's chapter notes, there's self-love journeys, there's there's a lot of value in these books. So um, if someone, I guess we all need self-development at some point. And, you know, if someone feels like they're a little bit farther down the road or whatever, whatever, there's another book for you as well. So Good stuff. And where can they purchase these or where can they pick up a copy? I am currently working on getting it into like Barnes and Nobles or something like that. Right now you can get it exclusively online at lulu.com. That is L-U-L-U.com. All you have to do is just type in my name, which is Jalen Hughes, J-A-Y, 
L O N H U G H E S. Again, that's J A Y L O N H U G H E S. And you will find all three of my books there. I am currently writing my fourth one, which is on entrepreneurship. Probably set to come out beginning of 2024. Then I'm also currently working on another one because I really want to teach people content creation, not only from your iPhone, but just in general and how it can help you push your business and help everyone make more money in, in their business from home. I love it. And that was a great transition because while you're talking and say I'm writing a book or books, and, you know, saying what they're about, I'm like, man, this dude's an entrepreneur. And then you're like, hey, my next one's about being an entrepreneur. I'm like, perfect transition. Let's talk about your business. I know you got a name for it. What's the name of your digital creation business? So it's called Juicy Visuals, LLC, J-U-I-C-Y-B-I-Z-U-A-L-Z. So, uh, again, visuals is B-I-Z-U-A-L-Z. And I just wanted to be different. Uh, I think everyone has a type of style. One of my um, kind of like old childhood nicknames was Juicy. Some people still call me that, especially guys who I played sports with still call me that to this day. So it just kind of fit, you know. And uh, there's definitely more that's going to come out too, come out with it when I kind of branch off into some other mediums. But I don't want to share too much just because this end of 2023 is, is really a launching pad. A lot of stuff is going on, but when 2024 hits, it's time to just run, like, to the fit, like, run. I mean, do you offer, like, you know, somebody call you up, like, hey, I need help with this, or are you just, like, through commercial businesses? What is the pathway that you're trying to go with this business and helping others create, you know, an extra income by doing, by you helping them do what you know how to do? Yeah, so I specialize in, and like I said, in videography and photography and also like digital content creation. So I'm going to show you, I can show you not only how to target the right market, how to use content to create more sales. And the biggest thing is also use video because we're in a world that's changing where everything's online. So if you know how to use video and written word and just different ways of reaching people, different mediums, um, that's something that I can help you understand to help boost your business, boost your, you know, exposure, which automatically, well, I should say automatically, but in turn, will boost sales. Okay. And are you helping just people in Freeport? What's your reach? What's your span? I'm global. So you, you can get me anywhere. Freeport does support. I do have a lot of good people in Freeport. Honestly, I say I've been in the Rockford area a lot more. And that has really helped me blossom with more opportunity. So yeah, you can you can contact me from anywhere. I uh, I do I've actually done a lot of work in Atlanta. I'm going to Atlanta this week. You'll definitely see some content for me there. You know I'm, I travel a lot as well. Like I said, I'm in Atlanta this week. I got an event coming up where I'm going to be in Houston. There's just I'm just moving, man. We're shaking and baking. I like it. I like it. Where's some place that, you know, people listening to this be like, hey, I want to check out to see what he does. Maybe he could help me. Do you have a Facebook page, Instagram, any of those things that, you know, help promote you? I'm basically on almost every social media. So Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok. You can find me all at Juicy Visuals. That is J-U-I-C-Y-B-I-Z-U-A-L-D. Again, at Juicy Visuals. Yeah, you can see a lot of my work there. 
I am working on my website currently just because I'm going to be adding a lot more digital products to offer, especially some that are, I would say, helping aids to my book to really help you gain 10 times the, the value, but also for, for other courses and stuff as well. The biggest thing is teaching. I, I feel like when you want, you have to give, you know, teaching is one of those things when you give value, you teach a man to fish, he'll eat for forever. And that's the type of person I want to be and I want to be known for. Good stuff. It's kind of crazy. Now we're, you know, almost all the way full circle. You go from being, you know, nothing but an athlete or, you know, not nothing but an athlete, but heavily focused on athletics. And then, you know, that comes to an end at some point, almost for everybody. And then you're like, hey, I got these other things I want to do. You get into biology, you get into, you know, digital creation, you get into photography. And it just seems like you're able to, you know, put everything together as you've learned, picked up, you know, traits, skills, talents along the way and are just running with them, like you said before. It's been a lot. You never know where you're going to end up. I will say science, biology, healthcare was always my passion because I always wanted to help people. Been growing up and seeing different things, I've kind of switched around how I want to do it. And I thoroughly enjoy managing and being leader and helping putting other people in the right places and giving them opportunities in their lives to shine in whatever they're trying to do. I feel like I'm extremely blessed. And, you know, there's a, nothing but the sky for me at this point. But you're not a real boss until you put your own people on. And so that's my focus. Well said, my friend. Well said. Not only an entrepreneur, but trying to help others. You know, that's uh, those are key signs of just being a good human being. Most definitely. And any entrepreneur has to realize there's a problem. What's your solution? We're struggling as people. So I have a solution. Good stuff. I love it. I love it. Definitely, definitely stay in tour. If anyone does come on my pages, say hi. Let me know you come from the podcast. I will give out a free, uh, some free helping aids to help you throughout your life. I got a goal-setting template, and I also have just some, like, just some stuff to help you gauge where you are in your life. I want to help everybody, and, um, you know, this, this is my gift, gift to the world, so... Um, definitely hit me up on all social media at Juicy Visuals. That is J-U-I-C-Y-B-I-C-U-A-L-D. Also, shout out, I don't know if I can do this on here, but shout out to Flight Radio 105.7 WJQT in Freeport, Illinois. They are doing a 10-week special on gun violence. Gun violence has been crazy, not only in my community, but just in general out throughout our country, right? And so we're really diving in. We're challenging people and we're challenging our leaders of our community to step up. And so I definitely um, invite anyone to bring in their opinion. Anytime I'm on there, I go live. So you can definitely talk to me, but definitely go look at them. And go, ch- go shout out to my man, Brandon LeChance. Y'all need to go follow his stuff. It's what Edge of see podcast. We got the hottest stuff. So I guess that's really it. I like to plug at the end, but I like what, you know, you brought up about the gun violence. I mean, you turn on the news every day, whether it's Rockford, Burbs, somewhere in Illinois, something is happening that shouldn't be happening. So I'm glad you brought that up. 
And I mean, juicy visuals, like I said, we met almost two years ago and I've seen, you know, the growth prosper. I follow you on Facebook, pay attention to what you've been doing. So congrats to you. And I know when we get to the end of 2023, sounds like you're prepared for a bigger, better 2024 for your business. So I'm proud of you, man. I'm happy. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, and I want to say one quote that I really go by is you internally have the power to be whoever you want to be and to do what you do and do what you want to do, but how will you use it and how will you use your resources to be the person you want to be? Inboy Lamoyle, Ohio coach Scott Payne. The wins continue this week, week six at Milledgeville, the toughest opponent that you'd seen this season, a North Two Conference eight-man foe, and you win 32-20. I know this had to make you feel good. Yeah, I did. You know, uh, made me, made all of us feel really good. Uh, you know, Milledgeville is always a tough, tough team to prepare for and play against. And you know, the kids went out and played a great game. And especially playing at Milledgeville in their environment uh, to come away with the victories is, is a good feeling. Thirty-two twenty. I mean, their offense had not scored less than I believe forty-six, if I if I remember right. And you guys held them to twenty. Again, we know about the defensive line, your secondary. They obviously put in the work. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, we got three turnovers, which, you know, that helped out. You know, we got two interceptions and a, a fumble recovery. And, you know, the defense did a great job. You know, they improved a lot from the previous week, giving up uh, 42 to uh, Cambridge. And then to turn around and play the way we, they did against Millville, it, it was great to see the improvement they made as a, as a unit. I just looked it up. Their lowest... High scoring game was 48. They went 48, 64, 58, 50, 74, and then 20 against you guys. So you held them 28 points less than anybody else on the season. I did not know that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know their scoring totals for the year. But uh, yeah, you know, like I said, the defense made great improvements over the week. And you know, when you can get three turnovers, that that helps out a lot. And uh, once again, it was all up front. We got. We got really good pressure on Nye all night long when he dropped back to throw. Both defensive ends did a great job in not letting him break the pocket and take off running. So, you know, when you get great pass rush, it, it makes your pass defense a lot easier on the defensive backs. Who are the two defensive ends that we need to give credit to? Brennan Blaine and Quinn Leffelman. Gotcha. And then Landon Modovan played an outstanding game at defensive tackle. I mean, he was, he was all over the place. I mean, going into this week, we had talked – you know, last week that this was going to be tough, their error game, and you were kind of worried because other teams had been able to pass against you. Didn't sound like that was a problem this week. No, you know, we gave up a couple of big pass plays, which, you know, that happens every game. You're, you know, you're, they did a good job running play action that, you know, got us biting up. But, I mean, that happens every game. You're going to give up a couple of big pass plays. But other than that, you know, I thought we had really good pass coverage. And, you know, the first drive, they drove down inside the red zone and, ran a bootleg and then Troy Anderson picked the pass off. So that was, that was a big game changer for us to start the game. Uh, Troy getting an interception and stopping them from uh, getting any points. It seems like whenever you guys need a big play, change momentum or build on your momentum, the Clippers have been doing that all season long. Yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody steps up and make a play, you know, you know, it was scoreless after the first quarter. Then in the second quarter, we, uh, we held them on downs and they went to punt and, we blocked the punt and it went out of the end zone for a safety, you know. Uh, so, I mean, it's little things like that that help you win big ball games. And uh, I think it was Bruce, Vincent Zimbruski who blocked it. You know, like I said, little things like that just it, they mean such important 
and the outcome of the game. We always think, hey, it's the, you know, Hail Mary-ish pass or like the 40-yard run down the middle. But you're right. It's those little ones, too, that change a game. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, our special teams did a great job. You know, we had a couple good kick returns that got us past the 50. Uh, you know, those things like that, you know, that go unnoticed because everyone looks at all the big runs and plays and stuff. But, you know, things like that as a coach that, you know, you really uh, appreciate that the special teams is able to contribute like that. Speaking of the big runs, your rushing game has been pretty dominant, important all season long, and I'm guessing seeing the 32 spot that you guys put on Milledgeville, that it remained to do so. Yeah, yeah, Landon Welch had an outstanding game. Milledgeville kind of played a, a six-man front so to take away our fullback trap game. So, you know, Quinn didn't have as many yards, but he had, I want to say, 65 or 70. Um, but Landon Welch played outstanding. Um, there was one run he made on the sideline. He broke like three tackles, and you know I thought he was going down. The next thing you know, he's taking off for 44 yards for a touchdown. It was one of the best runs I've seen in a long time. He has been pretty awesome all season long. Wow. Yeah, he has. He, uh, yeah, Atlanta's. You know, he's just a patient runner, and he waits for the hole to open up, and then you know once it opens up, he hits it 100 miles an hour. And uh, you know, it's great when you have a tailback who's able to do that. Like right before half, we got the ball um, about a minute 30. Score was 12-6. We were up 12-6, and then um, Eddie Jones threw a, a beautiful 40-yard pass to Quinn Luffelman, who made a great catch, and we were able to score right before half on a running play to Welchel. So that was another big play of the game. Anything you want to add about this game? Anybody you want to give a shout-out to? You know, Troy Anderson played a great game, had an interception, a touchdown receiving. I mean, I've, I, know, I know I've said this every week, but, you know, our line play on both sides of the ball was just outstanding again. Second half, our offense line just, you know, took the game over and, you know, and we were able to run the ball a lot more effective. And, you know, that's always great to see. The last two weeks, Ridgewood, Milledgeville, two tough opponents that you knew you had to, you know, polish some stuff up, make some adjustments, things of that nature. Week seven, uh, we got Ashton Franklin Center, one and five coming in, but they're a well-known opponent. Actually, I know other sports in the school, you know, co-op with them, so it might be friendly, but uh, obviously you want to get this win. Oh, yeah, obviously. You know, AFC, uh, they, they got a pretty good passing game. They got a good quarterback. I know he didn't play last week. He was uh, he was out hurt, and I don't know if he's uh, going to play this week or not. But, uh, yeah, you know, they got a pretty good passing game, and, you know, we're so close, 10 miles apart, and I'm sure, you know, I mean, the kids know each other, so I'm sure there's been texting back and forth. And so, you know, it's a little bit of a rivalry game between us and them this Friday. And, uh, you know, we just got to, you know, improve this week on the stuff we need to improve on and uh, continue to play good and go over there on Friday and, and just play our brand of football. I think at this point in the season, there is not a lot of adjustments going in. I mean, you'll make them at halftime after first quarter if things are going wrong or not the way you planned. But at this point of the season, it's pretty much like, hey, we're going to play our game of football, and obviously with you know a six and zero record, looking for wins. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, at this point in the season, you stick with what's working, and uh, you know, there's no point if it's not broke, don't fix it. Just stay with what you got and what's working, and, and that's what we're going to do. You know, obviously, you know, get going on to the playoffs and stuff. You might add a couple new plays here and there, but in the end. If it comes down to crunch time, you're always going to run, you know, what you run well. And, you know, that's what we do. Awesome, Coach. Anything else you want to add? No, I think that's it. All right. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. If you've been paying attention to eight-man football in Illinois, 
You've definitely heard of this team. You've heard of this player, the Amboy Lamoyal Ohio Clippers and senior Landon Welchel. Landon, you look at the stats, you look at a game story. There's nowhere that you're not going to see your name, touchdowns, lots of yards. You've been having an amazing season. Yeah, no, I, I got to give all the credit to the line. I mean, our line, I think, is the best in the state. And I don't think anyone can compete with them. And I get the credit for it, but they really should. Let's go over who is on the Clippers line. Who are the linemen you're talking about? My goal is down from the left end with either Bruschi, Vincent, or Troy Anderson. And then it goes to Landon Modovan and then Trey and then Ian and then Brennan, all seniors, all leaders on the team. Every single week I talk to Coach Payne after a game, you know, for previews for the next week, things of that nature. And every single week he says it's because of our line. So obviously you agree you guys have a great front line that has been working every game for you guys. Yeah, no, we've got an awesome line. They're big boys up front. They're real strong. They know what they're doing on every play. Just all the credit goes to them. Does it make it easy for you to run through the holes then? Yeah. He's like, I don't have to do any work at all. I just skip through. Yeah, exactly. I try to do my stuff, but it, it can't happen without them. We are about to go. We're week six. You guys are 6-0. and oh. You have 78 attempts, 750 yards, 12 touchdowns. Then in the air, you have two receptions for 67 yards and a touchdown. Defensively, 40 assist tackles and 26 solo. I mean, again, we're only six six weeks into the season, and that's what you've been able to do already. I mean, once you get through that line, what are you seeing on the field that is making, you know, the yards after the line of scrimmage so impressive? You know, it's, it's, it's tough sometimes because you got to read the blocks. But once you get through there, it's usually like one or two guys you got to beat. And then you just kind of cut off of them and do what you can to get as many yards. The last few years, you know, everybody has been boosting up the Clippers football team. Well-deservedly. I mean, you guys have been playing great. Last year, you guys got to national championship game or state. Not national. We're not to that level yet, Landon. <laughs> yeah. Got to a state championship game. And, you know, there's all aspects, all, you know, desire to get back to that game this year. I mean, with you running the ball, with the seniors that came back, I mean, you guys brought everybody back except quarterback Tucker Lindenmeyer. What does it mean for you guys to have the type of season that you're having so far? Yeah, no, we got a taste of it last year going to, going to the state championship game. And coming out with a loss was a real big hit to us. And losing only one senior and having all of us most of the starters being seniors it is really, really helping us and having us have that experience from last year makes us better for this year and more experienced. Being at the top of the rankings, you know, at the start of the season, and of course you guys have stayed there so far, I saw a mock playoff pool and you guys would be the two seed. I mean, do you guys get nervous with that? Do you guys pay no attention? Do you just play your game? What is the locker room mentality of, you know, all these accolades when, you know, you're still in the middle of a season? Yeah, no, we, we see it sometimes. I mean, we try not to pay too much attention to that and just kind of focus on what we're doing because no matter what, whatever those predictions are, it's all going to come down to week nine and then into the playoffs. So we just try to keep doing what we're doing and just focus on that week and want to know that week. Good stuff. And it's got to feel good to be winning the way you guys are. Not only are you just winning games, you're kind of dominating teams. And even the tough teams, you know, two games ago, you squeaked past this last week in a really tough game against 
Milledgeville it was 32-20, and they hadn't scored less than 48 points a game. So not only are you doing things offensively, the Clippers are coming through defensively as well. Yeah, no, our defense is really helping us out. And it goes up to our line again with Austin Heath and uh, Landon Bottom and then Brennan and Quinn on the ends. It's just really tough to do anything if you're the other team going against them. Every time that you and I talk, I always say something about the versatile offense that you guys got. And you just mentioned Quinn Luffelman, Brennan Blaine. Then you got quarterback Eddie Jones. Troy Anderson, as a receiver last week, had a touchdown. You guys are, you know, doing your thing all different levels, all different places. Seems like everybody knows their role. Yeah, no, that's what makes it so hard to stop us is we have so many weapons. I mean, through the air, you got Brennan and Troy. Troy coming up big with the touchdown last week. And then rushing, you got me and Quinn, and then our line just dominates every aspect of the game. So it was real tough for the other teams. Not trying to be cocky, but you're just saying, hey, we got some good guys on this team. Yeah, yeah, just being truthful. Definitely, definitely. got to tell the truth. I mean, looking at what you guys have done, you've scored 267 points, only allowed 78. Got some difficult competition left. We got a game tomorrow on Friday, October 6th with Ashton Franklin Center at their spot. And then you got two home games against Orangeville and Polo. So winding down the end of this regular season, Sure, there's only one thing on your mind. That's W's. Yeah, yeah. No, we're just trying to, like I said before, just trying to go 1-0 and each week and not necessarily focusing on the, the next two, three weeks or even state or anything like that. We're just focusing on this week, which is AFC. Seems like it's been a good strategy for you guys moving through the season. Yeah, no, it's been working out well, and it really helps a lot just to focus on that game because the next week will come, but right now it's just this week. Leave you on a, the lighter side of life of high school. You were the homecoming king. That had to be something, you know, special. You'll remember that probably forever. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a fun time. Homecoming was really great. And I know the game was, really wasn't what we were hoping for. But, no, all the festivities, everything was really fun. What you're talking about is Peoria Quest said, hey, we have an illness. We don't want to bring our team. And homecoming home game you guys didn't get the home game but you had a scrimmage between you guys and your jv and it seemed like you know it was a hit even though it wasn't a real game yeah no it was a better turnout than we thought and just really glad that everyone came out and still watched whether it just be for that first half but yeah no it was it was a lot of fun and like you said large turnout for that and it seems like everywhere you guys go you know amboy fans are traveling well and you guys always got a packed house it's got to feel good knowing that you got the support of the whole community behind you guys yeah, no, it really helps us out. Like, even the longer away games like Ridgewood and Martinsville, like, we still had tons and tons of fans coming out. And at the home games, the student section, everything is just packed. And it, it really helps us out. Like, even if it's a tough game, that crowd can be a really big factor. Big factor for W's. Chasing 7, 8, and 9 to end the regular season. Then, of course, make that playoff push. Landon Welchel, senior with the Clippers, Amboy Lemoyle, Ohio football Thank you for joining Edge Podcast, my friend. All right. Thank you for having me.